Warning, ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of ProTri News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass. I'm going to be relying on my co-host a lot today as I've had a chronic cough all week, so my voice may or may not sound different, but I'm joined by Chelsea Burns, who just finished up a cross-country race, came in hot. Chelsea, how's it going? Thanks, Kyle. Going well. I started out really fast, and then I died, but I got fourth place, so that was okay. Thanks for having and that was Pat Lemieux with the sound effects. Pat, are you doing all right today? I'm doing great. I did uh, Colorado State Cyclocross Champs yesterday, and I had my best result ever in Colorado in my Colorado State Cyclocross racing. I was 15th in the men's open race. However, the rule follower that I am, I learned after the fact that I was relegated because I forgot to attach my timing chip to my timing ankle device. So I put the Velcro around my ankle without attaching the timing chip to it. So I know in my heart that I got 15th, but on paper, I absolutely was relegated. Wow. So you had a noob error this week. Full-blown noob. Wow. Uh, Talbot, any racing happened this week? I saw that there was a YouTube video of you racing Lionel, so I'm sure that wasn't this week. Uh, that race is like a week ago. It's fun. But my bigger accomplishment is I just got done running six miles. I'm very proud of myself because I haven't worked out in years. Uh, my longest run going into Cosmel Ironman two years ago was four and a half miles. So this was my longest run, I guess, since Ironman Cosmel, but doesn't really count because I walked it. So it wasn't really a run. And Pat even called me and I was even, even able to have a conversation while I was running. Yeah. So, we, um, we we spoke uh talbot we do need to talk about on the pod today uh maybe the worst spelling mistake ever in your youtube creator history um and i know how much you from firsthand experience how much you love edits give some uh, some insight into the audience of had you uh actually done this video for a for real brand or client how much you would have loved having to edit the difference between dual d u a l and dual in the desert d u e l uh, well help us this out is, this is what happened for all those who watched lionel and i did a head-to-head slim kids competition uh and i ended up coming out on top but before we were gonna race i look over chelsea could probably attest to this I look over and I see a trophy and I'm like, oh, this is this will be a good prop. So I walk over and I grab the trophy and it says Duel in the Desert, D-U-A-L. And, and of course, me, I don't know the difference. Come on. It's not like I, I like went and made it. And plus, even if I did, I would have probably spelled it that way anyways. But the trophy said it that way. I got all these shots of it. I won the trophy. Lionel never even saw the trophy because I'm the one that won it. But then uh, I just edited the video and then everyone pointed out the mistake. So now it's kind of... Well, now we're going to pass the trophy around as the D-U-A-L in the desert. But you, yeah, you did, you did uh, some amazing graphics, amazing sound on that video. And unfortunately, it was all for not. So, but also to add on to that, as we're recording the podcast, 
Arizona and Cosmo are finishing up. So we're like glued to the screen. Matt Hansen and Ben Canute just ran past Christian Hogan Hog. So we're going to do this uh, episode in reverse today just because these races are still unfolding. This was the time we were going to record. So we're going to do the race preview right now uh, for all the n- upcoming races. And then we're going to go over race results from this past week after that. So the biggest race of the weekend, Chelsea, what do we have this weekend? It is a world championship. Talbot has stated several times throughout the fall that there are no more world championships, but despite his spelling errors and his inability to recognize world championships, the WTCS season is finally coming to a close in Abu Dhabi this Friday and Saturday. This is, I don't know, maybe the latest grand final in the history of the universe. It is Thanksgiving weekend for all our American listeners and athletes, which really seems like a time we should be not racing a world chance. But here we are. Um, New course, long series. Uh, If you really want an in-depth look at kind of what each person needs to finish to mix up that overall series rankings um i would take a look at world triathlon's website they did a really good preview of both the men's and the women's um our series leaders are georgia taylor brown and hayden wild uh but there are people in close pursuit of both of them and they did a really nice breakdown of so-and-so has to finish in this place and then they have to um have this person in between this person So if you're into stats, that would be a good thing to check out. As for our show today, I think, yes, Patrick, Kyle. Well, Chelsea, I was just hoping because you've you've really got the inside here. You know, obviously there's some some training squads that are they've done camps for this race now in either Girona or Dubai. Um, I, I can you give some insight into, you know, maybe who you think will perform well. And I, you know, again, I agree, you know, this is the latest a, a grand finals ever gone. I remember, you know, this was 10 years ago when one was in Auckland because that's their summer and it was pushed until I think roughly October 20th. And that seemed late. And now to think that we're having one Thanksgiving weekend seems, seems crazy. So give us some insight into, you know, how long of a season it's been for the athletes and how that can maybe change the dynamic uh, come, come this weekend's race. Thank you. I appreciate your ability to focus me sometimes, Pat. There's so many things to talk about that these uh, guided questions help. So, yes, very late. And um, we had the a few races earlier in the summer, and then there was a break, and we talked about Super League a lot for about a month, and then have been back to these World Series. So since the last one, which was in Bermuda, a bunch of training squads opted to go straight to the desert Many people went to Dubai, many people went to Abu Dhabi, and some went to Europe. Um, I think the focus and intention there was to do a lot of heat prep. The daily highs in Abu Dhabi are in the 90s Fahrenheit, so it's going to be a pretty hot race, and there are not many places at this time of year where you can um, get used to that weather. It's not 90 degrees really anywhere in my hemisphere, so that will be interesting to see kind of whether it was doing heat prep or minimizing travel, people would have been going from Europe to Bermuda to Europe to Abu Dhabi, all of which are four eight hour time changes, another big travel. 
after, like Pat mentioned, the longest season in the history of the world. So already a ton of travel fatigue, people probably battling sickness, um, keeping some injuries at bay. So it is definitely, while it is an exciting race people are peaking for, there is an element of survival and hanging on for especially people who would have done Super League or been focused on St. George 70.3 to be, again, getting ready for a 90 degree Fahrenheit race. And then I think final, you know, maybe one of my final points on Abu Dhabi is, is, you know, we've been going to Abu Dhabi, the series has been going to Abu Dhabi since 2015. Uh, This is now, I think, the third venue change. Uh, And it looks on paper, the course looks on paper to be, uh, I would say, really good. And it seems to, you know, uh, you know, it can be windy there. Um, If if there's going to be wind, it's going to be uh, exposed. And then obviously, you know, the biggest thing is just going to be a question of the heat time of day when they're racing and understanding that if they do an Olympic distance race in the heat of the day and it's been incredibly windy. Uh, and given the time of year that this is, uh, I think we're going to see some massive, massive gaps, both in the men and the women's race, because athletes that are racing where the championship will have slipped away, you'll see them probably blow up. And then there will be athletes that given that there's a 25% increase in points at the grand final, uh, there will be athletes that seize opportunity from a potential podium and can sneak up in the overall. So I, I, I plan both in the men and the women's races to see many, many uh, surprises. Uh, Chelsea, would you agree? For sure. I think um, if we want to talk specific names, they are to mention also separate days, the women race Friday and the men race Saturday. It will be a little tough. It is a 12 hour time change from me here on the West coast. So all I have to do is flip the AM and PM to find out what time it is in Abu Dhabi. So I think the women race at high noon, which is high midnight here, um, a little tough to watch, but yeah, I think in the women's race, at least it's a Georgia Taylor Brown and Flora Duffy duel. Those two are definitely in with a lead that is going to be hard to take down. I think neither one of them usually races any worse than third. Do we see a scenario here uh, where Flora Duffy and Georgia Taylor Brown are essentially laser locked on each other, given their championship that's on the line and somebody, I don't know, like a Taylor nib has an opportunity to break away on the bike and ultimately Georgia Taylor Brown and Flora Duffy are looking at each other and almost kind of stalemate each other out of that, similar to what we saw, I would say, in Edmonton in the grand final in 2021. Do we think that that situation could happen again? For sure. I think that, for example, I'm sure all Flores focused is focuses on well, having a good race, but beating Georgia. And I think that she would see Taylor Nib as a conduit to that victory kind of thing. So, yeah. You know, I think the big the big question mark for me will be what does Flora Duffy do if she comes out of the water and creates an opportunity similar to what she did in uh, Bermuda? I guess that was not a scenario that I saw happening and the way that that race unfolded. I didn't ex- necessarily expect it to happen in that way. Not that the result changed, but I think it will be, you know, seems that Flora has been swimming very, very well. Will she come out of the water? have a gap established and then just decide to go, okay, is today the day I do it alone? 
or will she take an approach where she goes, okay, my only goal is I just have to be close to George Taylor Brown. And do I just essentially follow her all day long? And no matter if people go in front of her, um, you know, I don't have an understanding of how far down the breakdown of the points. And so if they can let a group of five go away and she just has to get sixth or seventh, you know, I'm, I don't know where that line is. Yeah. I mean, I think the Duffy racing style is go from the gun and um, just make your own day. Uh I would assume that she would, if she has an amazing swim and finds herself in that position again, would be either planning to ride it alone or have another situation like Bermuda where King Ma or Nib are able to have some power and come join her. I'm sure she would certainly appreciate their help, but I would bet pretty hard on her. If she comes out of the water ahead of Georgia, she is not looking back for a second and she is going to, um, yeah, not really stop until she crosses the line. All right. Final thing I want to say, I mean, are we going to talk about the men's race at all, Kyle, the world trial? I mean, I think they've obviously got similar Chelsea broke it down. If you want to understand. Yeah. Alex Yee, uh, Leo Berger is kind of on their feet with a chance for that series. Um, And then a few after him as well, but. Um, Realistically, there's three guys that can win. Mathematically, there's like nine guys that can win the world championship, but there would be a lot of drama that would have to ensue for that to happen. Like Hayden Wild crashes out four people. (laughs) If either either Hayden or Alex wins, World Triathlon mentioned this in their preview, they would be um, the youngest World Series champs winner since Alistair um, won in 2009. Okay. Uh, all right. Final, final point for me on ITU racing this weekend, I think marks a interesting weekend in world triathlon rules. This is the final weekend where jammer bars are allowed. And if you're not familiar with jammer bars, they are the miniature aero bars that go on road bikes. This was always a point of difference, uh, in this sport. And I just think, I just find it fascinating that the rule changed and, I'm interested to see ultimately if this will, you know, what this means for the sport. I I think from a commercial standpoint, I don't see this making a lot of difference. There weren't many companies that make uh, aero bars and all the athletes have turned to, you know, ultimately custom aero bars in this space. Um, And they're all on road bikes. So, yeah, but an interesting moment nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting but i ultimately think it's it's kind of a well just a change of the times and i think that people will yeah i don't see it as too disruptive it's obviously going to be a change for people who are really used to racing like that whether it's the norwegians i think flora uses those a lot and i think nib appreciates them as well but we shall see when they're kind of yeah just cycling a lot right when they just make little technology changes that people think about for a year and then forget about. Yeah. Chelsea, will, will those, will those echo down into junior racing across the world as well? Like, will like USAT and all them adapt those rules as well. I have no idea. I would sure hope that we don't have juniors spending too much time in groups in arrow bars. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, speaking of juniors, well, Junior world champs happen in Montreal, but the U23 world champs 
happen as well this week. What's the schedule? I don't even know what day they're on, actually. They must be the same day. All Everything's Friday, Saturday, as well as Paratrathlon World Champs and Age Group World Champs. So it is a mega weekend of racing in Abu Dhabi. Like Pat said, they moved the venue from Yas Island because of Kyle. F1 was there this weekend. That's right. So every time... Boring. Boring. Every time I've raced in Abu Dhabi, it was on that F1 course, is now a bit closer to town. So a little bit different course, not too significant. But U23 champs is always a fun one to watch. Those are people who are beginning to mix it up in the elite races. And I think that winning a U23, geez, Pat's having... (laughs) George is on screen for all our listeners. Very small. You guys, I have a 31-day baby on this podcast. And so I kind of just lost focus and I just started giving... Uh, many, many kisses to George and, and everybody had to see that. So just so you all know, I've got a little, little schmoogs right here and he's just being perfect. So yeah, George is on the podcast today. George is on the podcast. Pat's kissing babies and Talbot's shirtless. So back to you 23 world champs. It's right before it's the morning before Friday morning before the women's race. So got it. Um, And yeah, check out those start lists. Those are going to be people who are, those are your up and comers. I think wearing number one on the men and the women were people who were dabbling near the front of Super League. Jamie Riddle, I think, is number one for the men. And Kate Woff, British, is number one for the women. So they are also racing Olympic distance, which is usually uh, a bigger distance when you're 21, 22, and you've largely been doing sprint distance races. So tune in. Unfortunately, I am not really educated enough on para. We need a para specialist here, Kyle, to preview those races. We got a lot of listeners that are para para athletes, so maybe we need to start bringing That will be a goal for next season, I think, is we can start getting a little bit more in sync with those races because definitely very exciting stuff happening there. Super exciting. Make sure you get your triathlon live membership up to date before the race so that you can watch the grand final. It'll be very exciting. Right right before we move on, though, we, we didn't talk about how the men's race could shake up. Can, can Vince take the win again if he's able to sneak away? Can Is there any way, if Christian's in that front group, that he could run away and steal the show as well, Chelsea, for the people Sorry. who are following them? Who are you talking about? I'm not familiar with him. Uh, Chris, Christian Blumenfeld. Oh, Christian. Uh, no, Christian cannot win the series. Sure, he can not win the series. Race. I'm saying, can he like? Can, is is there a chance that he could run away with it and just of take course. the title of the race? I literally say every week, I would never count Christian Blumenfeld out. I think I think this race might be a little flat. I mean, I I would love to see Hayden and Alex just go head to head and go one two easily, since Christian it's not as difficult been... of a bike course to break people up. Right. Christian has been prepping, it looks like, in Dubai. Yeah. Little little heat. Not that he had They went to the race. Yet. They went yeah. to the F1 race. Oh. I think it's one of the cool. Spanish athletes could run away with it. Um, well, what else do we have on this weekend? Coming up? Yeah. Ironman Israel. First time ever. Middle Eastern Championship. You got... For the men, you got Patrick Lang, Sebastian Keenley, Dennis Chevreau, Florian Anger, Daniel Backegaard, Cam Wirth, Jesper Svensson, Mickey Tagholt, 
to name a few on the men's side. And then on the women's side, you have uh, Danielle Blathmile, Susie. Sorry, my parents are watching the football game in the back. Susie Cheatham and Ruth Assel. What about uh, Sebastian Kingley? Is this his farewell tour? Has it officially started, or is he trying to give this uh, race a go? I mean, if you if he if he's able to come away with a world champ, I mean, world championship qualification, you'd have to wonder. Like, obviously, he's going to take it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, since it is a championship like a regional championship race, there's three slots for the men, three slots for the women, and a massive $100,000 prize purse. I say massive, but... Yeah, I do know for the, for the listeners that haven't followed Subby too closely, he is starting a farewell, farewell tour next year. He's going to go do all the races that he's always dreamed of doing just for fun. Um, and so n- next year, he's just going to race for fun, so not at the competitive level. But I wonder if there's a chance where he could snatch a Kona slot in Israel where he could return to Kona one more time for fun, not for uh, competitively. So that will be interesting, but yeah, it's turning out to be a pretty exciting race and it will be, will be live streamed. So and that's, that's basically all the racing we got for next weekend. I'm super excited for um, the first weekend of December. I think that's going to be kind of our last little, uh, big episode we have i think there's three races that weekend with ironman western australia 70.3 indian wells and then clash daytona which also has a pretty good prize purse um that they're throwing up for that are we gonna um, have like end of the season um awards or a, a, a- we we have to find we have to find the list that we did from last year because that episode was I thought we all had a ton of fun and the listeners yeah. loved it so absolutely we're gonna ha- we're gonna do a season recap just an yeah. absolute banger um, I might have to we, listen to it back before we move on I just want to thank uh, Waterfall Bank for being the official sponsor of the podcast uh, if you guys don't know what Waterfall Bank is you should totally check them out they're the official bank of our podcast and they are supporting our show in hopes that next year we can get to more races, uh, including the World Championships as well as uh, the Olympic Test event in Paris. Um, so we're looking to get, bring in some more uh, interviews with the athletes and also behind-the-scenes stuff and, uh, yeah, get our, get our feet in the door with some more knowledge to share with you guys. So just want to thank Waterfall Bank for that we're able to make this fun little gig uh, an actual profession for all of us. It's also worth noting that being at races raises our happiness levels, most notably Kyle's. And I think that just overall contributes to the quality of this podcast when everyone and Kyle are happy. So thank you to our supporters for that. I think I might try and race a little bit next year. I think we're all going to try and race a little bit more next year. So it'll be fun. Let's dive into some results. You want to talk about Cosmel? Yeah, let's dive in Ironman Cosmel, the men's race. I mean, I, I would have to say that gutsiest performance has to go to Jan Van Berkel running a 250 marathon to get second place. He came off the bike so far back to be able to come on and get on the podium. I mean, pretty incredible against a good start field. So, in. In the men's race, though, uh, they came out of the water. Skipper, or not Skipper, sorry, Rudy Von Berg, and someone outswam Rudy, um, but they started hammering away. 
I, I was bummed that Rudy didn't hang in it as long as uh, I thought he would have. But uh, Magnus eventually made his way to the front. Uh, another athlete that was hanging up there pretty much all day long was Andy Potts, which was super exciting to see. Uh, towards the end of the run, uh, Magnus started to fall apart a little bit. Uh, went one of the slower times in the last four or five years in Cozumel, uh, considering we've seen Christian go 725 on that course with insane conditions. Today was a typical Cozumel day, uh, hot and windy. Uh, but Magnus came away with the win, Jan van Berkel in second, and then in third, uh, Ferdino Tutti from uh, Brazil. Uh, other names to mention on there, Rudy von Berg ended up getting eighth, and Annie Potts in ninth. Uh, and the women's race, which was pretty much uh, unfolding as we were recording earlier, uh, Lisa Norden had a 14-minute lead off the bike and somehow began to deteriorate, deteriorate and fall apart uh, and eventually got passed by Groot. Do you want to try to pronounce that name there, Kyle? Grutu Freddy's. Um, so you're on mute, Kyle, if you're trying oh, to chat. Sorry. I was trying to I was trying to give you a correct pronunciation based on my uh, education, but we'll hit it. What is it? <clears throat> Gertz Frauds. And Gertz. she also won second or she also won 70.3 Cosmo. So she also so she won both races. Um Lisa Norton ended up getting second. She held on, got the Kona slot, and then with an incredible run, Kylie Simpson finishing third in that race. So, I mean, that's one of my favorite courses, and I was doing my run today, and I was like, man, I would love to do Cozumel next year again. Like, actually train for it, though. So, I'm not going to commit this early, but it's just uh, would be would be a dream of mine. You've done it. You've done it, what, two times? I've done it two times, and I've loved it. It's my favorite Ironman on the circuit. I mean, I think it's so much better than any Ironman on the entire. If I was ever doing Ironman again, it would be Cosmo. The course what, do you is love like, what do you love about it? Everything. Too, it has too much to offer. But let's dive into Arizona. The big race that I think we all knew Skipper was going to win. Um, Arizona is a super fast course known for usually how fast it is. Uh Skipper had a good little gap uh, at, at, over Sam Long out of the water, which was pretty surprising. Sam did not have a very good swim. Uh, but like Canute uh, was up the road, Christian Hogenhog and Ben Canute got together on the bike, did a little bit of work, then uh, ended up breaking up. And then it looked like that Skipper and eventually made his way to the front with uh, Christian Hogenhog. They ended up riding away from everyone, and then uh, the run started happening. People started moving, and ultimately, uh, as we were, like I said earlier, we were watching this unfold on the podcast. Uh, Skipper Way Skipper came away with the win. Uh, Hansen and Canute passed Christian Hogan Hog, like they were, like he was standing still. Poor guy uh, popped, but Skipper already has his Kona slot, so. Uh, that means the next two Kona slots will go to Matt Hansen, who ended up in second, ran a 2.35, which is blistering. Um, and then Ben Canute in the Ironman debut with a 2.45 marathon claims a Kona slot, which will be super exciting. Uh, I think ultimately, because I think Ben would even attest to here, he's not the best racer during the year. 
but anytime that Ben needs to be ready for the day uh, on a championship level race, he he's ready to rock and roll. So super exciting to see. It will be interesting to see what Jim Vance does with Ben Canute because he doesn't have to do another Ironman going into Kona. So we'll get to see old Ben Canute in Kona. Congrats, Ben. This is crazy. I, I, I mean, do we want to talk about Sam Long? Do you want to talk no, about Sam Long? I, I need to go. I need to make a formal apology to Ben first because I doubted uh, how well he was going to do today. Uh, for him to come third at his debut Ironman and get a and get a ticket to Kona, uh, coming off the back of what he just did at seventy point three Worlds, uh, he had an amazing, amazing close to his season. And <laughs> I mean, you're in two forty five today, like what are you going to say? I mean, that's, that's amazing. So I, I think the, the elephant in the room, Kyle, you were kind of leaning into it is I thought Sam Long was going to destroy today and, and he didn't, uh, he got destroyed and I think he, it's going to give him a moment to reflect, think, and just be like, what the hell happened in 2022? And, and I think that's going to be, it's going to be a bummer for him. This isn't going to be what he wanted to have, have happened today. And uh, yeah, I think I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Sam. I want to think about this podium right here where we've got Joe Skipper, Matt Hansen, and Ben Canute. All three of those guys have to feel like winners today. It's, it's surprising you said that because I saw Skipper and I didn't see anyone beating Skipper. And I didn't even think Sam would even go top 10. Sam, I love him to death. He, he, I could be wrong on this. I don't think Ryan Bolton's doing the job for him. Just don't think it's happening. Those four or five hundred mile rides that he's doing, uh, I don't really think that that's necessary. Uh, I think he even does that with some of his ITU athletes. They do two to three hundred mile rides. Maybe could be wrong on that. I just don't know if Ryan Bolton is getting it done for Sam Long. Uh, probably tough to say, probably could make an enemy on that. I'm sorry, but I just think that Sam, someone's training method, I think Sam would be good under is the Norwegian method where they do lots of volume. They run a marathon the week before the Ironman, but they're not doing 400 mile, 500 mile bike rides. I don't know if that's doing it for Sam. And then two, we haven't seen Sam close in an Ironman, very similar to Lionel. I mean, I guess you can kind of defend Lionel a little bit because of second place in St. George this last year, but both of them struggle at that at that distance. I think Sam just wanted to pop his head in here and test it again, but I think it's uh, – I don't know. I, I hate to say this because I've been proved wrong before, but maybe a different type of training might work better for Sam because I think Sam has lots of potential. He is 26 years old, tons of more time. What are your thoughts, Chelsea? There you have it. Free advice from Talbot. Oh, don't take any of that. Although I did beat Lionel Sanders in a swim race. Yep. I'm not going to give Sam Long any advice. Who's, who's your coach, Talbot? Who's your coach? Chelsea Burns. It's definitely not the Norwegian method. <laughs> as highly as Talbot speaks about the Norwegian method, I'm not sure that that's what he's on. He doesn't look fit enough over there with his shirt off. Did you not see – did you even watch the me versus Lionel? Um, actually – Surprisingly, I okay. Before we get off in too many tangents, we got to talk about the women's race at Arizona. I didn't even hear what Chelsea had to say. No, okay. I did tune in just because I love Aquabear, not because uh, I wanted okay. to see you, but you know how okay. I that's a special place for me. That's true. Thank you. 
interesting. The women's race, there's still there's still probably about eight miles left for Sarah True to take the victory, but looking at the gaps, I, I'd be fairly confident to say Sarah True is going to come away with the victory here. Sky Monch is going to get second, and Jenna Nett will probably round out the podium unless she starts to falter, in which Danielle Lewis is chasing right now hard. So, so we're going to stay on the air and give you play-by-play for the last eight miles of a women's Ironman in Arizona. So <laughs> get, a, get a cup of tea. Sit down. Wow. Yikes. You guys might, but I will not be. Me neither. I am. Um, I am very excited because you mentioned you mentioned the uh, Michael Bolton method. I'm very excited to see who everyone's vote. Hey, hey, hey! Let's have the year is going to be. Let's call him by the right name. Yeah, wrong name, Kyle. Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton. Michael Lovato. Ryan Bolton. The singer. Jordan. <laughs> Michael the singer. Oh my gosh! Ryan Bolton method. I don't know if it's a method. I think that it's just Ryan Bolton. The, the the interesting thing is though is he may be one of the few coaches aside from probably Paulo Sousa that's coaching both distances. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain that that would be the case. Do you know what else he does? Uh, he he's a high performance director for USAT, which could be a conflict of interest. No, he's a neutral advisor. Employed by USA Triathlon, high performance. He's also an incredible running coach for incredible distance runners. He is. He also lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. This is should be called the Ryan Bolton Show. I'm, Bolton. I'm not. I'm not knocking Ryan at all. His method is, or his method is, his training has worked very well with Ben Hoffman in the past. I'm just saying Sam might need something different. But I don't know why we're talking about I don't either. Ryan Bolton. Because I want to talk about Michael Bolton, how good a singer he is. Oh, my God. We're just doing well, a deep dive into all the coaches. We any can. other hot takes besides Ryan Bolton? I mean, we can talk about Paul Souza. Uh, no. Um, I think that's it. Are there Happy no other hot takes? Did, did I, you have any hot takes from the listeners that we didn't address last week? You know which ones I don't want to talk about, but what about ones I do want to talk about? Can you tell us which ones you don't want to talk about, Chelsea, so that no, our listeners that's, can that's know? An unspoken, that's an unspoken assumption of anyone smart. But anything, anything of interest? Um, I mean, I, I got a pretty hot topic that I even have myself have been messaged and asked, and then even started a slow Twitch thread about it, and then people did DM it to our account. People wanted to know the triathlon drama. Do we want to take this show to the triathlon drama or no? No, I'd honestly rather know more about the bottle in George's mouth over there than talk about <laughs> that a bit. All right. Um, What's next? You know, look, I think the big thing that I just keep going back to is, is trying to understand and, and think about where these PTO races are going to be and what the schedule is going to look like in 2023 and ultimately how that will impact the, the racing that we see for 20 for 2023. So the guys and gals that have done early Kona, Kona qualification and will get to race, uh, you know, presumably all of the, the big races, the PTO races in, in 2023. So that's, what's exciting for me. Um, 
And, you know, somebody today like a Ben Canute who punched a Kona ticket very early, he's going to get to do the big money races in, in 2023 next year. And I think that that's exciting. And you're going to see the more I think about it, the biggest loser in this whole scenario, I think is 70.3 worlds. And you're going to, if, if PTO really comes out and adds to their portfolio of this hundred K distance, um, that 70.3 worlds, I think will, will be a race that, uh, is ultimately cherry picked by the winner and, and not to diminish the, the, the result there, but the reality is, is you have to do a 70.3 race and you have to do well at it to earn a spot on that list. So that's something that, that that's coming and, and probably a second tier consequence of, of just the growth of triathlon that we're seeing right now. And, and I think it's pretty public. Uh, PTO notified all the athletes of um, a, a tentative race schedule for next year, but it does look like that PTO is ready to go excited for next year and going to have an amazing uh, uh, kickoff of, of multiple, multiple races. So I'm super stoked. I know that there is some athletes. I, I look at someone like Sam Long completely focuses on this distance. Lionel Sanders, Skipper said he's going to come down here. Uh, Christian and Gustav, the Ironman 70.3 and Ironman world champion, both said that they will be doing no Ironman events next year, but they will be doing the PTO races next year. So I think that this will be one of the most uh, exciting series we see. Um, final thing, you know, I we, it's going on during the show, but they were interviewing Joe Skipper and he he looked to be in tears. Um, any Any understanding why that may be? I didn't see one thing attention. Maybe he's sad. Just elation. He's just over the moon that he's Maybe able he to cutting onions. Lots of options here. I mean, let's let's think about it real quick. I mean, Joe Skipper got fifth place at Kona and then just won this race. Joe Skipper had a pretty I'd say pretty good year, aside from skipping out on... Joe Skipper had a terrible year. What are you talking about? We didn't even see him all year long until Kona. Sub seven. Sub seven. Come on. Give me a break. That wasn't a race. Oh, guys, we got to end this show before it gets worse. Yeah, I got to go. All right. I feel like we covered everything. Wait, 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 wait. I just got to the listener hot takes. You guys want to talk about them or no? I asked you like 10 minutes ago. Let's hear them. Do we need an overhaul of drug testing in professional triathlon so athletes are tested more often? I'm going first here. I'm going first. The answer is absolutely, and I've said this before, um, this is not just a one for triathlon. I think the first place to be would go to a USADA overhaul here, and I'll give you some understanding as to why that is. Every year, USADA puts up their numbers of the athletes that they've tested in each individual sport you will see that many athletes have a, an even number next to their name. So you go, wow, that's very interesting. So-and-so was tested 12 times. Now I need to make something clear. They were not tested 12 times. They were tested six times and they were given two different tests, a blood and a urine in that same one. Uh, and so I think that USADA likes to do a little bit of smoke and mirrors to show, to make it seem like they are testing way more than they actually are. So from, in, from a sport standpoint, whether it's triathlon, track and field, cycling, uh, there needs to be, in my opinion, what's, what's called rolling quarters. 
And there needs to be athletes that they identify that they want to target and test in those periods. So instead of just making it a, you're a top three athlete in your sport, you're going to enter the USADA testing pool. It needs to be much more uh, targeted and they need to uh, be looking for cases on the, on the, on the fringe uh, that they can be going and trying to really get after. Yes, Talbot. Another reason why I love the PTO, if you've seen some of the PTO races before or the athletes post leading into the races, they post those little leeches that go under their arm. They draw the blood. Uh, I don't think that this technology is final yet, but the incredible thing about these devices is, is they can mail them all out to athletes. Athletes can have multiple on them at any given time. Uh, what happens is, is instead of sending someone all the way to go drug test them, you can call them, you can FaceTime them randomly at any time. They're required to put the leech on their arm, have it draw the blood. It doesn't need to be frozen. It doesn't, it can just be mailed back to the lab and collect. So you can drug test 10 times more than what you could test any other athlete. Uh, I don't know if the technology is incredible yet, but it, it is a start. And it's cool to see that uh, the PTO is trying to not only advance the drafting front, the moto front, the money front, the social media front, but even the drug testing front. And that's just what I love about the organization. Chelsea? Yes. Speaking as someone whose last professional triathlon was two and a half years ago and still had a USADA test last month, I really enjoy the face-to-face time with the the doping control officers. It's really nice. They're usually very uh, nice people. No, I'm just kidding. I actually basically taken off. I requested to get taken off and they granted my request. Yeah. That, that, that right there screams is the biggest red flag. So explain to explain that to me. Um, it, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And if you're interested, you can actually, a lot of people don't know this, but you can go to this website, usada.org slash news slash athlete dash test dash history. And you can see how many tests everyone's had in a year. You can go back in years. You can select different sports. It's actually quite interesting. We'll post that link on our store on our Instagram. And you know who hasn't been drug tested in six months and looks freaking massive right now? Ryan Hall. Connor McGregor. Holy crap. This is a tangent. Other news. All right. There's a lot of DMs in here about, oh, my mom's bringing me a Moscow meal, guys. It's party time. Kyle's mom is here. (laughs) All right. Um, what's, What's the other one? There is a lot of DMs on here about the ranking system for the PTO. Just know that there is a new ranking system that is going to come out. And it what do you favors guys- the PTO races, and then there is talk, and I hope that they do, take away the Iron Man 10%. There's talk of that, and that which would be freaking amazing. Um, the other one from Roost Asshole as well, uh, Taylor Nib and – Florida Duffy were incredible and ridiculous to be able to back up 70.3 world champs like they did in uh, Bermuda. Um, Ironman needs a new head referee with new rules for pro racing in 23. I actually want to take this one because I believe that for world championship, they need to take referees from each region, put them in a room, do video evidence and decide on the penalties while people are on the bike. Like if it's a drafting penalty, make them serve it in transition. Don't make them serve it on the bike. That's my opinion. Um, But I think that there's got to be new and more innovative ways than just having someone on the back of a motorcycle, making a judgment call 
that may or may not be personal and just going on a power trip. Like these referees need to have like GoPros or something and ways that they can communicate with someone in a booth, just like what they do in the NFL, MLB, NBA, every, every major professional sport, even Formula One has stewards that make decisions. They don't just make a decision. They're like, oh, this person cut the corner or this person crashed into this person. They get a penalty. They investigate the entire scenario for laps and laps and laps of what's led to that moment. So I think that Iron Man really needs to step this up next year. Hopefully the PTO does the same. Mm, I could argue some of your points, but I think that it comes from the top and the educational aspect, and I think that uh, maybe a new a change in pace or uh, sometimes sports evolve and need change, and I think that uh, that's something that Ironman needs. So uh, next one. I think that was it. That was about it. That was it. All right. They were asking, they're asking for lasers on motos to alert athletes how far they are and all this stuff. This is – this is way too far technologically advanced for us. This, as long as uh, pretty soon, uh, Race Ranger will be out, which will help a whole lot as far as the drafting aspect. And uh, the police, uh, the officials are just going to have to be better educated. Cameras on motos and helmets is just a little too tough. Uh, GoPro time only goes 90 minutes, so you're never even going to get the full bike. But it is what it is. The other one was there's too many subscriptions and streaming services to watch races in the U.S. What are you talking about? The Super League is free and Ironman is free. The only races they're subscribing to is World, is Triathlon. World Triathlon. So I don't, I don't even understand that. Uh, Which is very affordable. Yeah, yeah it's like $30 a year. Well, my only complaint on that is is you're actually paying for that one, and the commentary might be the worst on that one than all of them. But the racing's the best, so it evens But the out. racing, yeah, true. Uh, thanks, everyone, so much for listening this week. Also, massive thank you to Waterfall Bank for being the title sponsor of the show. Uh, if you don't know about them, please visit our Instagram page. Check out our link bio. Also, if you is the sign-up still available for the Triathlon House? Uh, you can go to our website or our Instagram page and in there you can sign up to be uh, become official Waterfall Bank ambassador and live in the triathlon house in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we will see you next week after the grand final and Ironman Israel. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>